This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is Matthew Cruz with the Comstock Report. One of the things that I learned from Dr. Elwin Taylor that always stuck with me was how climate change was shifting the center of the Corn Belt. Fifty years ago, the center was in west-central Illinois, and it has gradually been moving northwest so that the center lies just south of Iowa City, Iowa. If it maintains its current path, it could someday fall over Ames, Iowa. That may not happen for several decades or more, but that is what the research shows. This means good things for some people and bad things for others. The Economist has reported how institutional farmland investors are increasingly eyeing land on the Canadian frontier. Areas once thought to be limited to small grains are now experimenting with profitable crops like corn and soybeans. The idea being that as temperatures warm, areas further north become more conducive to row crop farming. Investors are choosing to bet that land values will rise over time as these crops become more widely embraced. The most courageous of all investors identify land in what is referred to as the Boreal Region, a biome just south of the Arctic Circle that boasts temperatures warm enough to grow some cereals like oats and barley. Most of this land is covered in forest, and so clearing it would go over like a lead balloon with the climate change community. This is not limited to Canada as farming in the Boreal Region could double or triple in parts of Northern Europe. The other side to this equation is that rising temperatures will negatively impact those areas that are already warm, primarily in places like the tropics. However, the gain in one new area does not offset a loss in the other. One study predicted that for every degree that global temperatures rise, average corn yields fall by 7.4%, wheat yields by 6%, and rice yields by 3%. However, given time, seed geneticists could mitigate those risks. They have already made great strides in improving seed resistance to drought and insects. It is plausible that they could limit the impact on yield drag due to warmer temperatures, but it takes time. Corteva needs roughly 10 years and $250 million in R&D investment to bring a new seed variety to market. Environmental advocates argue that farmers should simply increase productivity on the land they already have, rather than see them develop different regions of the world. If only it were that easy. Unless there are monetary incentives or laws limiting the expansion of new areas, there will always be a compelling monetary reason to do just that. The same people that would seek to limit agricultural growth are usually the same people that seemed happy that commodity prices were depressed. The best example of where this would be applicable is in Brazil. Conservation groups seek to stop deforestation, but nobody wants to pay anything for it. This is where carbon credits could become helpful, but widespread adoption would become necessary for it to become viable. We are still in the Wild West phase of carbon credits where we are trying to determine what works and what does not. This is where human ingenuity will play a role in reversing the effects of climate change. With all the money pouring into energy transition projects, new solutions, policies, startups, and inventions will be created to generate a positive impact, and they will come in all shapes and sizes. Not all of them will be good for agriculture. Cargill and Tyson, for example, are rebranding themselves so that they are no longer just livestock packing plants, but now introduce themselves as carbon-friendly protein suppliers. This means they will push ahead with plant-based meat. The good news is that the global protein demand will increase by 70% in the next two or three decades. However, it is unclear how much of the livestock industry will benefit from that. 
alternative meat, while still a niche business, is growing. It is becoming more and more common finding impossible hamburgers on restaurant menus. Therefore, when Cargill sees 70% growth in protein sales, a lot of that will come from their new alternative meat ventures. Other inventions sound somewhat far out there. We have covered how Cargill is working to control cow farts and belches by having cows wear some sort of methane mass. Some ocean-going vessels are even experimenting with high-tech wind sails as an alternative to running on fuel. One of the bolder endeavors is called Midwest Carbon Express that is seeking to build a new carbon pipeline that will capture CO2 emissions from ethanol plants, compress them, and transport them through a pipeline to North Dakota where it will be permanently stored underground. The major obstacle to this is not capturing and compressing CO2 as that technology already exists. The challenge will be building the pipeline through thousands of properties. And wouldn't you know it, the pipeline has requested a permanent easement to build through one of our farms. So I guess we will be hearing a lot more about that. You are listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, visit us online at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.